Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by Cameron Oaks. She is an elite power lifter, but became an elite power lifter after dealing with a number of injuries. She has an amazing story of dealing with the injuries, coming back from injury, and the things that she dealt with during that time. So let's tune in. Cameron, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm awesome. Thank you. So I'm really excited to get you on here. Um, This podcast, Highly Functional, we cover all sorts of topics, talking to athletes, talking to clinicians. Um, I love to get athlete stories of their injuries, how they came back from them, and how they came back or how you're now competing at an elite level again. So I'm super excited about this. Uh, So first and foremost... Let's talk about your injury itself. When was it? Kind of tell us a story about what happened with it. Um, so my first injury was in late December of 2012. I was just getting into snowboarding and was probably too overconfident, and I ended up going off a jump that I shouldn't have, and I landed on my back and ended up like hyperextending my knee, like into the snow. Um, so I think I partially tore my ACL then and decided even though I couldn't walk, it would be a good idea to go to softball practice the next day. And so I was like chasing a ground ball and my like femur just, it just went. So that was my first ACL. And then I had the reconstruction, patella reconstruction for that. And then came back, had like six month rehab. And then that summer I didn't really do much, got into cross country a little bit and I was playing powder puff football for my high school homecoming and I was like pivoting and I was hit by some like really really big senior and so then my second ACL snapped then and then after that same thing six months of rehab and then I actually went into more like advanced like preventative care with like a PT that specialized in like athletic performance so I had to get into more like weightlifting and strength training and then ended up joining the powerlifting team at my high school and started competing there. And I was really bad at first, but now we're better. Awesome. I love it. I love it. So let's talk the difference between the two different rehabs, the Mm -hmm. one that you ended up with another injury and the one where you did more of the preventative sports performance. So let's go back to the first rehab. what was the process that, that looked like, and when, more importantly, when did they cut you off and say, like, you're ready to go, we don't need to see you anymore, or maybe we can't see you anymore because the insurance side of things? Okay. Um, yeah, I remember having to do, they had, like, a series of tests. Like, one was, like, jumping on one leg, like, as far as you could, and, like, I obviously wasn't able to do that probably at, like, four months, and then just became more confident with the series, so, like, um, doing the shuttle runs, like, sprinting, and, like, being able to pivot and just having like equal like strength and muscle tone, like I atrophied a ton. Like my quads were big to begin with, and then like one was like half the size. So having that come back, they kind of just determined that it was okay for me to return to I think like general recreation because that's what I had been doing. And then they gave me one of those like big knee braces, the metal ones, and told me just to wear it all the time. I hated it. I was very serious. <laughs> But so when I went back to playing softball, I wore it. And then actually before my powder puff football game, I had sprained my ankle on the same leg that I would tear during the game. So it was definitely already weaker 
going into the Powder Puff game. So that, I think, might have contributed as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, it's interesting that you, I find interesting at least, that you mentioned the ankle and the knee yeah. there. Partially because my actual research in PT school was the effect that um, bracing an ankle has on the rotation aspects of the knee and the firing power of the knee. So it just, it shows, especially with you even saying that, it shows that just wearing, like wearing protective braces, yes, we need them, quote unquote, need them, you know, occasionally for certain things, but it plays a huge role into how everything else is working in the body. And you definitely felt that. I did. I felt that. (laughs) Yeah, didn't help me. I did have, so I had a knee, or a knee brace on my right knee and then an ankle brace on my left ankle and then tore my left ACL that day. So, yeah, none of that helped. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. When you were going back to playing after that first injury, mm-hmm. did you have any fear of going back or oh, were you hesitant? Yeah. I was super fearful. Like, I had to try out again for my softball team and, like, I just wouldn't run as fast or be as confident like chasing balls and like I just wasn't as an aggressive player as I was before um so definitely yeah more hesitant and fearful of like tearing it again which was even worse the second time coming back but I took longer the second time so Mm -hmm, definitely yeah did you ever work with any sort of mental coaching or anything Mm -hmm. as far as to come back out after that fear I didn't you didn't probably should have but I didn't (laughs) you know it's interesting it's not something that a lot of therapy places have you know when I worked full-time in an outpatient clinic we definitely didn't either but it's something that I've talked to a number of, of people who actually work with with therapists for that purpose and it's really interesting because there is so much fear that goes into those injuries, especially, you know, those traumatic injuries and coming back from them. Yeah, for sure. So let's get into the rehab after that second one, that longer period of time. What did what did that look like? Um, okay, so the second rehab, so I had my surgery and I came home and was like pretty much on bed rest for a couple days and I had a really tight feeling in my calf and I thought it was like a like a knot or like a calf cramp or something and then a couple days later so I went to PT and I was like hey can you like massage this and he did and then a couple days later I started like struggling to breathe like it really hurt and it just felt like I had the flu and like I was like mom I don't want to go to school today so she took me to the urgent care and they were like oh we're gonna you know like x-ray and do um the ultrasound ultrasound everything and it ended up that I had two pulmonary embolisms and then a DVT in the leg that they did the surgery on so I was in the ICU for like a week after that and was on blood thinners through the rest of rehab which really sucked because I was like I'm just trying to get healthy and now all this is happening and so yeah that definitely hindered rehab for like that first couple weeks because I was obviously in the hospital but then after that it was pretty much the same protocol because I was working with the same PT that I did for the first rehab Um, and it was maybe just a little bit longer so instead of six months it was like six and two weeks but I did go to the specialist afterwards so and that was different because that was much more intense I had to do like a lot of running a lot of like box jumps and like strength training and agility things and balance that was a big one okay that we worked on but yeah so that was the more intense part okay 
But you did mention you, your fears were worse coming back after that one just because it was the second one? Yeah. And I, well, and my parents would be like, oh, you know, like the statistics, they love the, <laughs> they love doing the, like, the Google WebMD, and they're like, well, you're more likely to, you know, tear it the second time, and it's harder to repair on the same leg mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I was just like, <laughs> let's not do that again. But did they do patellar for both? They did. They did? Mm-hmm. Okay. I find that I, not that I love that you have the DVTs by any means, yeah. but it it's a good reminder that anyone at any age, regardless of our health, can develop those after surgeries. Because there's this viewpoint that it's just, you know, people that get re- knee replacement surgeries and the older individuals that develop them after surgeries, but it can be young. Yeah. It definitely can be young and they're very detrimental. Mm-hmm. So you went into powerlifting. I did. Did you have any interest in doing that before kind of that whole rehab process or that was no. just kind of a new adventure? Yeah, that was very new. I So I was very into softball and like on an elite travel team, but I was going to play like D1 collegiate softball and I actually stopped playing. So after the second ACO, I was like, that's it. Like I'm hanging up my cleats. I was too far behind at that point. Like I hadn't been practicing and I was like, it's just not worth it. So... I picked up powerlifting because I had friends that would that were on the team and they had convinced me to join. Um, but I was I was afraid of like squatting 135. Like the big plate was just a, a huge mental block. So I could do like 25 and 210s, but I could not do one plate. <laughs> one plate. So, yes. Did someone was did anyone ever tell you that it was would be bad for your knees to squat that, or you just kind of had that in your head? Um, people had definitely said that. I mean, since then, and like pursuing kind of like pre-PT stuff, I know that's not true. But people, you know, like you work out at commercial gyms, and you'll hear like the bros over, like over there, saying like, "Oh, don't squat pads parallel. Like, it's bad for your knees and stuff." But I haven't actually had any problems with my knees yet, so <laughs> we're good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. How intense are? What is your actually? Let's go. What does your training look like? Are you just lifting? Are you doing more dynamic things as well? Uh, pretty much just lifting. So I've noticed, like, the minute that I start doing kind of, like, endurance stuff, my strength drops. And so since I compete in, like, top strength, I try to save it as much as I can. Now that it's the off season, I definitely will be getting into more, like, hypertrophy and probably more explosive stuff like Olympic weightlifting. But as far as cardio, I should do more. <laughs> but, I, yeah, so it's just not a priority. But. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, for the, and for the people who don't know as far as what all powerlifting involves, mm-hmm. what specific lifts are in powerlifting? So we compete in the squat bench and the deadlift, and just those three. That's it. And is it just the, when you're getting into it, is it just the squat that scared you or the deadlift as well? Um, it was just the squat. Deadlift, I someone had put on 135 in the gym and was like, oh, Cameron, you can do this. It was like my first day there. And I did it, and my back hurt for like a week. So, <laughs> But, yeah, I've just never been good at deadlift. My, my squat's always been higher. So squat was more intimidating just because it was heavier. But And, like, you can't really fail it. Like, if you fail, you drop just it. Just drop the bar. <laughs> yeah, but deadlift, it's like if you can't pick it up, you just don't pick it up. So it's less scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Do you have to bail differently on the squat? You do. <laughs> so when it comes, like, okay, so you got over, you squatted that 135. I did. What was your next fear barrier, or was there? Um, 
I honestly, so after squatting 135, I think powerlifting I was fine with. It was just, and it's still honestly to this day, like doing certain activities. Like, um, so Monday I'm going to be flying out and like going to the lake for Memorial Day and I want to try wakeboarding. But I'm like, you know, really, should I? Okay. Am I ready to? I, I, mean, I want to, but... I'm not confident that even things like playing sand volleyball and stuff like that, it won't happen again. But I know powerlifting like has been okay so far. So like since I squatted 135, I was like nothing bad happened. We're okay. We're now. okay going up. But it's just like trying new things for the first time. I'm like oh, it's questionable. Yeah, and I think I think with when it comes to kind of those traumatic injuries, especially when they're non-contact, mm-hmm. there's a huge fear there. I guess one thing if you're playing a football you're playing football and someone takes you out of your knee right like yes it's a tr- contact injury things are going to happen but it's those non-contact ones that are scary because you don't know specifically why it happened right. um you don't know how it happened necessarily and so in your head it could happen at any given time again regardless so right. it's definitely a scary thing it is so what does what does training look like you. I know you're in the off season right now, but let's go peak season. What's okay. the week of training look like for you? Um, so I normally do four days a week. Um, so four days a week working, three days a week like resting, active recovery, just kind of like walking and stuff like that. Maybe hopping on a bike um, for like 10 minutes. But the heavy days, so I pretty much have followed like linear periodization for the eight weeks up to a meet. Um, so just starting out with like lots of reps and like less weight and then moving into heavier weights and like less reps okay. basically. And it's, I mean, it's worked pretty well. So I just nice. got done with nationals two weeks ago. Awesome. How'd yeah. you do? Good. I took third. Yay. Yes. Sweet. So besides just lifting without linear, period, linear periodization or hypertrophy, um, on your active recovery days or maybe on your actual training days are you doing anything um, maybe working on balance proprioception anything like that that you kind of did during your rehab periods just to kind of maintain no I'm not I probably should it's just that training itself has been so intense to try and compete at an elite level even things that I want to do like bicep curls or stuff like that would take away from like the energy and the time that I need to put into actual training Mm -hmm. and by the time you're done like with your workout it's just the last thing in your mind you just want to go home and eat (laughs) so no I haven't done any any of the things that I've been doing in rehab I did injure my shoulder last year just like um like a light rotator cuff tear and so I've been working on doing that but really only when it starts to hurt (laughs) so I should be better about preventative stuff but yeah you're a normal athlete yeah Yeah. and a normal PT athlete so I definitely have been there (laughs) what are you just finished nationals Mm -hmm. you're in your off season now what's the future look for you like what's your goal next one year two year five year um, so next year, I'm actually the president of my powerlifting team at Texas State. So we're going to be competing at Collegiate Nationals, and I want to like take the team and have them place for the first time awesome. um, nationally. So be top three, and then obviously help them score. So I would compete at Collegiate Nationals, and then hopefully make a world team. So it's actually in Alabama next year. This year it was in Canada. They go all over the world, so through the IPF, but. Yeah, that's the dream. Awesome. So I want to know what are your PRs for the three lifts? 
Okay. Um, so we compete in kilos, but I'll say them in pounds. So my squat at nationals was 451, and then bench was 270, and deadlift I think was 360. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I was so tired by deadlift. <laughs> <laughs> I should have done more, but I was just gassed. I am highly impressed by your squat. Thank Not going to lie. Not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. So um, just kind of to wrap it up. What advice do you have for someone coming off of injury, scared to get back to competition or playing again? Mm-hmm. Um, so if I could do it differently, I probably would go see like a mental, like a sports psychologist, just to kind of get over that like residual fear that you have of doing certain activities and like not being limited by a brace, like an ugly brace. Like, do you need it? Do you not need it? And just being able to kind of like trust your body again. Um, and not being afraid to try new activities without worrying about getting hurt would be really nice. But also that like trusting your PT and I mean you know that you went through rehab it was awful and it was hard but like you know you came out stronger than you went in and just like trusting that you put in the work and that it's not going to happen again. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So if someone has any questions for you, wants to follow your powerlifting journey, how can people find you? Um, I'd say my Instagram, Cameron Lifts, follow that, pretty active on Instagram, not a whole lot else, just because I'm busy, but yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, Cameron, thank you so much for joining us, to, or joining me today, I should say. <laughs> um, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to your story with the injuries, with those fears and everything, so I'm, ex- I'm really excited to get this out there, so yes. people can kind thank of understand you. that these fears are normal yeah. and that um, they can be, we can overcome them and get back to competing. Excellent. Thank you so much. And that concludes this episode of Highly Functional. I truly appreciate the time you spend to listen to myself and my colleagues share with you how to become highly functional individuals and how to be highly functional individuals. If you learned great information from this, I would love for you to share it with your friends and help them become highly functioning individuals as well. Until next time, go out and be highly functional.